What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. On TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good. So worried about the things I couldn't see. I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully Live from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley at the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains, across this amazing nation and spanning the universe, you're listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you live full, age dynamically, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Aging Gratefully Show. We're here every Friday on the CTR Network at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Thank you for joining us, and thank you so much for listening to Aging Gratefully today. I'm so glad you're tuning in this glorious, nearly pre-fall September day. Welcome again to the show, live listeners, and even so many more of you whose schedule does not align and who will listen to the show by podcast. I do so appreciate every single one of you. And before we go any further with the show, let me rem- remind you that if you love the show's intro song as much as I do, that is musician Jim Beloff, his song Aging Gratefully from his album Dreams I Left in Pockets. He's really a great guy. I'll be bringing him back as a guest. He was on the show September of last year, unbelievably talented ukulele player, singer, songwriter. Uh, Please thank him for letting us use that song by going into iTunes and downloading it to your playlist. I I know you love it, and really, who wouldn't? So um, looking forward to having him back on the show again. I have a very informative and enlightening show for you today. You're going to love 
And I'd like to remind you of a couple things and then get to our show traditions. First, have you been smiling today? You know that I want you to be doing that. So wherever you are, I want you to stop and smile. You know it's good for your soul and your mood and the people around you. You know how contagious it is. And I want you to remember what else? That age is just a number and that we here at Aging Gratefully make it a habit to never act our age. So with that, I'd like to hopefully get you in the right mentality for aging great and full in the spirit of gratitude. Also, remember if you promote the show on Facebook or do a Twitter retweet, remember that you can win a copy of my book, Sunrises and Sunsets, Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality, number one Amazon new release, a multi-award winning book, but more importantly, this is um, also a token of my pr- appreciation of your support of the show, but it's my gentle nudge of getting you inspired to plan your personal affairs. It is so important that you do this, you know. Uh, it's so easy to procrastinate. So my book is going to hopefully motivate you. Did I mention it's fun? I know that uh, it's something that is so easy to put off to another day. But think about it. Nobody ever regrets it when someone passes away and the individual had everything, every detail handled. Survivors are grateful. They're appreciative. They're relieved. They respect it. They are actually in praise of the person. And you relieve your loved ones of such incredible burden when you do this yourself. It is truly a gift. So with that, I do urge you to plan regardless of how you do it. Uh, This is definitely the work that I do as a gerontologist. So I invite you to learn more uh, about this or request one of my dynamic and life-changing workshops at LadderLifePlanningInstitute.com. It is definitely planning for the end and inspiring your new beginning, such as bucket list living full steam ahead. So please do what less than 30% of the people are actually preparing for what 100% of us are going to face. Uh, I can help make it fun, soul elevating. It's definitely easy. So I encourage you to plan somehow, some way. I definitely want to get those numbers up. So how about our show traditions today? Our alphabet soup for the psyche. You know this is always related to our guest. Here's some hints. Quote, your home should tell the story of who you are and be a collection of what you love brought together under one roof. That's by Nate Berkus. And our show dedication is to the word Household, that's a noun, and it means a house and its occupants regarded as a unit. Our reading for today, good night, Mama, good night, Daddy, good night, Grandpa, good night, Grandma, good night, John Boy. For many boomers, those words evoke memories of the 1970s CBS TV classic, The Waltons, about a Great Depression and World War II-era family with three generations living under one roof in rural Virginia. 
While the series gained a loyal and large TV audience through its nine-year run, its theme of a multi-generational family living situation ran contrary to the times. In 1940, about one quarter of the U.S. population lived with three or more generations in one home. After World War II, American families largely became two-generational with parents and minor-age children under one roof. Returning war veterans built suburbs and new American family lifestyle through the 1950s. The percentage of households with multiple generations started declining to 21%, reaching a low of 12% by 1980. However, an August 2016 Pew Research report shows that a reboot of the Walton's living situation is trending. According to Pew, a record 60.6 million Americans, almost one in five, lived in multi-generational households in 2014, defined by Pew as having two or more adult generations or grandparents and grandchildren. This is about a 30% increase in just seven years. In 2007, there were 46.5 million people living in multi-gen households. So I'm reading from an article in Forbes magazine, skipping around, I continue, and while millennials are about one-third of the driving force behind the stay-at-home multi-generational trend, 23% of those aged 55 to 64 are living in multi-generational homes, and 21% of those in such homes are over age 65. Donna Butts, executive director of Generations United, says some studies have shown that children of single mothers with at least one grandparent in the home have done better in schools than those in households with both parents but no grandparent. The U.S. Census Bureau says 10% of children under 18 are growing up with a grandparent in the house. This may be a good thing. A 2008 University of Oxford study among 1,500 teens in England and Wales found that those with a high level of involvement with their grandparents had fewer emotional and behavioral problems. Great article. You can read this on Forbes.com. It's titled, Multi-Generational Living is Back and That's a Good Thing by Sherry Snelling. So, uh, again, our reading is... um, Uh, Fabulous and um, very much tied to our guest today. And let me tell you about her. Lisa Sini, and I'm going to make sure I'm pronouncing that right, is an award-winning international recognized senior living designer with more than 25 years experience. Her first book entitled The Future is Here, Senior Living Reimagined, is receiving rave reviews. And she just released her second book entitled Hive. The Simple Guide to Multi-Generational Living, which is based on her social experiment of living in a four-generational household with people in the house ranging from age 17 to 92 and the positive impact design can have in a home for seniors with dementia. Lisa is also the founder of BestLivingTech.com. Think Sharper Image meets AARP. She searches the world for the best products to embrace living as we age. Her design company, Mosaic Design Studio, is the nation's leading provider of design services for senior living. Welcome, Lisa, to the Aging Gratefully Show. So glad you're here. Thank you, Holly. Thank you so much. 
Great. Now tell me, um, tell me how to pronounce your last name, please. Well, uh, you did it perfectly. It's Sini when we're here in the U.S. And then my daughter, who's now in college over in Rome, uh, they say it's Chini. So Chini. Okay. When you're over okay. There. Good. I, I wanted to confirm that. Uh, so, I'm so happy that you're here and um, do love this topic, um, particularly from a gerontological standpoint. It's so very, very important. Uh, so, I'm just delighted to have you on and share your wisdom with Aging Gratefully listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be able to help anyone and everyone who listens to your show share the message. Great. So, I call it universal design. Um, and, um, I don't know, um, you call it, uh, tell me the term that you use. Universal design is perfect. Um, I think people get caught up, uh, thinking American Disabilities Act, but that's really not what we should be looking at. That was designed for the Vietnam vets, not for aging adults or anyone with challenges. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is senior living design as, um, as you define it? Senior living design, as I define it, um, is it's anywhere. You know, our company, Mosaic Design Studio, we do some of the most beautiful functional homes if you are at that level and you no longer can be on your own in your own home or don't have family around. So that's technically senior living uh, when you go into a, what someone might call a facility. I, though, think it's a bigger brooch. Senior living is... Anywhere a senior lives, that they can be their best them. Mm -hmm. That allows them to continue to age and thrive and live out their life. Exactly. And it goes down to, you know, thousands of design choices, but you can also really simplify it. And that's what I've done in the book. Um, I've tried to simplify it so everybody can take my 25 years of experience and then implement it into their own social experiment or home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what types of different aspects of the home might somebody look at? I, I remember, you know, I, I when I, I had a class on this and I remember having to turn in a, had to have been 50 pages, Lisa, uh, on analyzing a home. And I'll tell you why it was relevant to me at the time. It was particularly uh, relevant because I had broken my leg. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was able to see the home from a different perspective than I would have had I not been so handy capable at the time. Sure. And sure. so, um, I realized how the home needed to be really laid out differently and how, challenging it could be to cook and how difficult it was to get to a sink and things like that. And so let's talk about some of the things that you look at or uh, your company would look at when they go into a home. And I, I even think about flooring, um, things like that. Sure, sure. So one of the things that we're going to, that we talk about um, is how do we make someone their best them or be able to age gratefully. And that doesn't necessarily mean dumbing down the space to the lowest common denominator. So we don't want to take the TSA approach that, you know, somebody did something wrong and now everybody has to take off their shoes. Mm -hmm. What we want to do is we want to look at 
a flexible environment, that how can we adapt the environment over time so that someone can age in place and still be as independent as possible and have the most dignified life possible. And that, you know, is for all ranges, whether it's uh, my son that might have, or daughter might have hurt themselves playing soccer, or my 95-year-old grandmother with dementia. Mm -hmm. So how I center it around is called the love method. And it's, I don't, they don't teach this in schools. It's kind of something that just came about by going through tons and tons of of design work, thousands of uh, large homes, multifamily homes, you know, 70,000 square foot each kind of thing, and seeing what worked and what didn't work. So first, we got to start off with light. So 70% of the light that a, you know, a senior requires 70% more light than a Mm 24-year-old. So it's a lot brighter, needs to be a lot brighter than what we think it does. And more than that, you know this, um, we need to have natural light. We need to kick off the circadian cycle. As we age, we don't necessarily get out and about um, outside as much and really get our time clock going, especially in the winter months or as I live in the Midwest, we have a lot more gray days. So the more natural light we can have, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can have a reading lamp that mimics daylight, that's very helpful. So that all cues your brain to do what it's supposed to do, uh, producing melatonin, being happy, um, not being able to trip and fall because you're not seeing things. And then at night, where we do need something to see because we don't adjust as quickly, we might have an amber nightlight. So it doesn't keep us awake, but it still aids us in seeing. So that's mm-hmm. the first L in the love method. The second one is optimize. And what I want to do with our multi-generational space or uh, in Alzheimer's dementia or senior living is really decrease choices. And that's counterintuitive. But if you've ever been on a highway and you see 10 signs of where to go and you've got two seconds to make a decision, that's a really difficult thing and it's very stressful. But if you have a GPS that tells you exactly where to get off at which exit, your mm-hmm. stress goes down and you can enjoy your ride a lot easier. So if we decrease the choices that we have, we increase independence. Um, a little option might be that we're, we're going to have, you know, for my grandmother, at least with dementia, I'm only going to have the things in the bathroom that she can access or need, not anything that I don't want her to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I also, to optimize, I might do pocket doors. So that leads to the universal design. So it leaves the space open larger so that uh, you can get in and you're not hitting the door and the door's not getting in the way. You don't have to worry about opening and closing, those kinds of things. And then as we go forward, we have visual in the love method. And that's visual cueing. That's creating contrast, having purpose-built spaces, making sure the dining room's the dining room, the kitchen's the kitchen. Um, separating those out so that we're really able to function well and then ease. How do we handle the faucet? If I have arthritis, do I have a good handle that's going to be easy to turn? Am I going to be confused possibly if there's two separate hot and colds and forget to mix them? Um, Having a handrail, landings at the top of stairs, transitions that are low, just like you were talking about in flooring. I don't want a lot of bumps for someone that could be confused. I don't want rugs causing tripping hazards. All of those little details help you to age gratefully. Very good. 
great. And then, I'm sorry. No, keep going. So in the in the book, Hive, the Simple Guide to Multi Generational Living, it's basically my experience with my family integrating technology. That's the other thing that we do, and how we live. And it's a lot like our family recipe, kind of like pizza. You know, there's no right way to make pizza, but it's how you like it. And so the first thing that you need to understand is that, you know, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have things that don't happen when you're in this situation or when you're doing a design, what you need to do is be highly flexible and be able to just interact with the environment and changes as the needs change. Mm-hmm. I really like that you use the acronym love and it works. So that's really cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Thank creative. You. Yeah. My mom's very proud of me on that one. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, how do you feel that we can best embrace living as we age? Oh, wow. Um, I think a lot of it is not dumbing down who we are or what we are. So one of the first things that, you know, I did when I moved my mom and dad into the house, again, which is counterintuitive, was I put them upstairs. And a funny story, um, I caught them three times. Now, these are they're in their late 70s, but I caught them in my house before they moved in, measuring the steps. They were convinced that their steps were shorter than my steps and that they weren't going to be able to do the steps. Now, take into consideration that we have six knee replacements, um, four shoulder, uh, shoulder, no, one shoulder surgery, four back surgeries, and then Alzheimer's. So they had some valid concerns. And I said, no, no, no. Just trust me, please. You know, I've been doing this a long time. When I was in-house at Carrington Senior Living, one of the first things that they would do is if somebody came in a wheelchair, they had a goal to get them into a walker in two weeks. And if Mm -hmm. somebody came in a walker, they had a goal to get them with a cane. If somebody came in a cane, a goal to get them using the handrail. Mm -hmm. The philosophy was is that you lose your muscle strength and that it takes about two weeks to build that back up. And as you build up your muscle strength and your core, you, your body comes alive. Your digestion is better. You get more oxygen to your brain. You feel better about yourself. And so I said to them, you're going to try the steps. And she said, no. my mom's like, no, we can't do that. And I said, what do you think the first thing a therapist would have you do if you have arthritis or your knee surgeries? She said, well, they made me do the steps. I said, okay. So first week, oh, I heard moaning and groaning. It was terrible. I thought, you know, they're never going to get through this. Second week, a little less moaning and groaning. And now wouldn't you know it, they go up and down the stairs. I don't hear anything. They're out walking the dog. They're doing all kinds of things because they're successfully aging by challenging the, I've got to degrade and sit on the front porch and I'm going to do less and less and less. Mm -hmm. They're going after life you challenge them to maximum improvement. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and they challenge me to maximum improvement, which would be uh, taking time to sit down for dinner mm-hmm. and turn off my electronics. And it, and it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. So tell us more about this. I love this social experiment uh, that you embarked upon and designed of living in a four-generation household with people ranging in ages from four, uh, 17 to 92. Uh, let's let's talk about this. 
Yeah. So uh, my mom had helped uh, me like so many moms do with my kids while I was working and in, in growing my business and getting them to school things and that. And so when um, they needed help, uh, I had always had the plan, I'm the oldest daughter, to move them in with me. And we were in a house that was a four-story kind of mansard French house. And I thought, I'll put in a little elevator. I can do this. And then my grandma turned 90 and we had her birthday party. And I thought, she doesn't look like she's going to be passing anytime soon. Like my other grandparents lived to 99 and 100. I mean, this, this might be my responsibility also. Mm-hmm. So we sold the house and we moved into a new one and got their permission and talked them into it. And the benefit was, look, we all get to be together. I get to support you just like you supported me. Grandma can stay in a home environment as long as possible with her dementia. Mm-hmm. My kids get to have their grandparents around, which I loved what you said in the study at the beginning of the show, um, because my kids would tell you if you met them this second, what a impact their parents and grandparents have had on them. And most people say, how are your kids? So uh, they're nice and they're respectful and uh, they do what they say they're going to do. And I'm like, it's because I didn't raise them. My, my whole family raised them. <laughs> you know, my gosh, uh, it certainly wasn't me. You know, I had a the, little the hive, the hive raised them. Exactly. The hive raised them. And, you know, Adelina's right now in college over in Rome and uh, she just went back a week ago and she texted me and she said, I miss my old people. (laughs) So, you know, there's so many huge benefits to that. So us all living together really uh, impacted each other. My mom and dad, um, the first, I don't know, several months, they were like, Lisa, the energy here is so great. Mm -hmm. You know, Adelina and Jake walk in the door because I said, oh, I'm so sorry that we have Young Life visiting and the soccer's visiting and bands visiting and, you know, multiple vocal ensemble. And they're like, oh, we love it. It's like having a party every day. And these kids are so great. It makes us young again. Yes, it does. But it's infectious. I mean, it is moving through everybody and it is feeding and living and breathing life into everybody, what everybody needs. Yeah, It is is the lifeblood of all. It is. And my daughter, on the other hand, this might be just a simple thing, but I remember her saying she opened up the refrigerator door and she said, there's food. <laughs> yes. And, and I thought there's always been food. It's just you, you know, there's not grandma food. It's a completely <laughs> different game. Mm-hmm. You know, grandma food is is so different. And, um, you know, they're able to have another sounding board. And I think you need that. I think that's one of the things that's that's hard when kids are living with their parents or a single parent in a, in a town with no family support, mm-hmm. that when you're in a fight with your mom or dad or whatever, you can't go to someone else and have a sounding board that's going to give you wise advice and still look at the family unit and what's best for the family unit. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of love going on in that house and filtering through there and uh, so very important. And I remember being young and uh, how good it felt as a young girl, when my grandparents would come and spend that week at Christmas, you know, all the, the, the stars and the moon were just aligned perfectly because everybody was there. Oh yeah. And you know, know, permanently, I can't imagine. Well, I I know exactly what you mean. And, and it, you know, I say in the book that my house, if you would come and visit, here's this interior designer award winning. I got coffee table books. I've, you know, 
we, we do very nice things. But if you came to my house, it would look like a combination between a nursing home and a frat house. And at first that really bothered me, especially the family room. And then I realized that when I would go to my grandparents' house on every Sunday or for vacations or whatnot, I don't ever remember how pretty it was. What I remember was the love. Mm -hmm. I never remembered how small the room was, how big the room was. All I remembered was the love. So if right now I need to have a bunch of sofas lining the wall so that we can all be together and everybody feels comfortable, that's the way we're going to have it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that's very nice. Uh, while we're um, on this subject, I want to remind people to visit you. Your best website is bestlivingtech.com? Bestlivingtech.com is for the technology where AARP meets Sharper Image, and you'll find everything in there from the bidet toilet seats that we use, which are the biggest win for our family, and I can talk about that in a second. And if they go within the next week, they can enter the coupon code for 10% off store-wide. All they have to type in is FULLY10, F-U-L-L-Y-10. Okay. And then if you want to follow me and uh, hear a little bit about more what I do and maybe get weekly updates and such, you can go to lisamcini.com. I would absolutely love that. I would love for you to be part of our hive and share your stories. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so uh, we talked about um, introducing the tech. Let's talk about how technology affects aging. Sure. Um, I what I you know noticed is that in my commercial projects, which are these you know assisted livings and independent livings and senior livings, the technology was almost non-existent. Um, they thought Wi-Fi was technology. And yet, when I had been on trips to Japan uh, and Europe, they had embraced technology for aging. Matter of fact, they've got the senior tsunami, as does Canada coming up, and they're scared to death. And they don't have enough oldest daughters or people to take care of their elderly. Matter of fact, uh, Japan has more centurions than anywhere in the world. So they're looking to technology and how it can integrate and allow somebody to be their best them and age independently with dignity for as long as possible. So some of the things that we did was we put bidet toilet seats, which you can find on the site, uh, in all the bathrooms. And at first, it's just a seat that goes on top of your regular toilet seat. So the first thing that it does is it gets it to the proper height that you need. Mm -hmm. um, if anybody's looked at the squatty potty, that's also a technology that we've used. Um, but the bidet toilet seat, it's antibacterial, antimicrobial. It is heated, which is lovely. It washes and blow dries you. So for my family, which at first they were kind of like, what is this? What's this about? My mom now says to me, anything can break in the house, Lisa, except for that bidet. Mm -hmm. It is the most important thing. And then my grandma, who's now 95 with Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. I wasn't sure she would get it. And we talked about it. And she said, Lisa, she said, you know, I used to take sits baths. That was something I did when I was growing up. That's what women did. And she said, I can take care of myself without burdening your mom. And uh, that's a pretty powerful thing. Mm hmm so that's one of the technologies that we use in the house. We also use cameras. We use the Nest and Piper so that uh, part of it is in this multi-generational house, 
sometimes you feel like you got to constantly come back and check on people when you're out and about and because we're constantly connected and grandma might not answer the phone or whatever. So we can just turn on the camera and see if she's sleeping in her chair and mm-hmm. not have to worry about it. Stay out and have, you know, an appetizer for dinner, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we utilize Alexa. Alexa's fantastic um, for music and helping out with things. And then we have trackers, which trackers are basically like having um, a reminder that you can put on your phone, your, your keys, your iPad. Um, we've joked that we're going to put one on my father. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll let you know where it is. So like right now, my mom's constantly losing her phone and misplacing it. And and she loves her phone and Facebook. And she can say to Alexa, Alexa, find my phone. And it'll ring for her. Mm-hmm. And so that's a fantastic one. And then we also use lighting technology um, to help with their circadian rhythms. And then we use just regular kind of common sense stuff. It doesn't always have to be electronics. Um, you know, we use nature. We have a beehive. We use, uh, we have chickens. We have, those are our low-grade technologies of how do you get my parents up and out and about and doing in physical activity. Mm-hmm. And so well, feeding great. the chickens every day is part of the physical activity and having eggs and and uh, my grandma folds the clothes and, and those types of things. Very, very enriching too. So we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, I was wondering if you would address some of the Alzheimer and dementia design perhaps. Sure, would love okay. to. Great. Uh, you're listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm uh, with Lisa M. Sini. We'll be back right after this. Ashlyn Weiss, a gerontologist from Ball Ground, Georgia, and I love listening to the Aging Gratefully Show every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. Sunrises and sunsets, final affairs forged with flair, finesse, and functionality is a delightful book for every adult of any age and any stage. This multi-award winning book written by gerontologist Holly Kelly is a soul-soothing journey and novel approach to completing your personal affairs and advanced care planning. Readers are calling it transformative, life-changing, and fun. Prepare lovingly, plan thoughtfully, live dynamically. Available on Amazon and most bookstores. Author autographed copies are available at sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com where you can subscribe, register for a workshop, and more. The Ladder Life Planning Institute is the ultimate guidance for life's inevitable destiny and your path to passionate aging and inspirational advanced care planning. LLPI offers tools that educate, inspire, and enlighten. Live vibrantly, plan thoughtfully, age dynamically. Visit LLPI for business and individual consulting services. Professional and keynote speaking, books, workshops, education, webinars, and resources. LLPI is here to transform your ladder life living today. Visit them at LadderLifePlanningInstitute.com. Live extraordinary, age dynamically. Visit LadderLifePlanningInstitute.com.
I'm Elaine Grace, and I'm from Sugar Hill, Georgia, and I love listening to Aging Gratefully every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. Okay, so hopefully we have inspired you to just go buy a brand new house and move everybody in together uh, because this is incredible uh, to hear all of this. And it is really soul enriching. Think about it. It's like the holiday that never ends. And I know that sometimes uh, it's pure chaos, I imagine, but um, probably in a very soul enriching way. And um, so, Lisa, tell us about Alzheimer and dementia design. Sure, sure. So um, I is one of my favorite things to do is to do Alzheimer's and dementia design. And I've been doing it for 25 years. Um, just have a heart for it. I think it's for anyone out there who has had a loved one that has suffered or is suffering. Um, it, I just I feel for you. I pray for you. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like it's harder on the family than it is on the person experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, a lot of what uh, we employ in design is called positive manipulation. Okay. So that sounds um, a little challenging, um, but Disney has been doing it for quite some time. So you, if you can imagine when you're waiting in line at Disney, you might be waiting there for 20 minutes or 40 minutes, but you really don't feel like you're waiting in line because they're po- positively manipulating you to not realize that time has gone. Mm -hmm. So we do that um, with a couple things. One is, you know, we employ the love method again, which has us doing things that are easy, um, having purpose-built design and spaces. So it's less confusing for my grandmother Um, when she goes into the kitchen It's not a great big kitchen. I purposely uh, did not renovate and bust out the walls and make my dining room and my kitchen all together. I kept my kitchen, my kitchen, and my dining room, my dining room. Now, later I might do that. But this way, when she comes into the kitchen, she knows it's for food. She knows it's for washing dishes and cooking. Mm -hmm. When she goes in the dining room, it's always for eating. Mm -hmm. So that's easy for her. So again, this is simplifying and oh, yes. to definitely to decrease the choices, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. The other thing is in her bedroom, um, I have her bed so that it faces the bathroom toilet. And then there's a pocket door on that bathroom. So it's kept open most of the time because it's private from other people. And that way, she, when she wakes up, she can see that nightlight and see straight where she's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And that helps her and reduces the amount of decisions she has to make. The other thing Mm -hmm. is her bed is up against the wall. So as a gerontologist in muscle memory, her body automatically knows which way to get up every day. She doesn't have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. So she's always getting up for her in her bedroom. She's always getting up and and, um, coming off the bed to her right and then walking straight to the bathroom. And that muscle memory takes over. She doesn't have to fumble. She doesn't have to make a decision. Did I roll off the side of the bed? If you've ever been in a hotel room where I I travel a lot, 
And I wake up and I don't know which side of the bed I'm on. I don't know where the bathroom is. I'm disoriented. It's, it's very unnerving. And when you're unnerved, you have a tendency to get agitated. And this allows her to be more independent and reduces the stress on my mother and the rest of the family. Um, we only lay out an outfit for her every day. She doesn't have a choice about that. And she puts it on and then her pajamas are laid out at night and she puts us on. Mm -hmm. So we're reducing the choices but allowing her to be independent mm -hmm. as much as possible. Um, some of the design things uh, that would, besides what we've already talked about, would be that we have a landing up at the top of the stairs so it's easier for her to get her bearing before she goes up and down. I create contrast so our handrail is a different color than the wall so it becomes easier for her to see and understand. And then one of the biggest things is we have a circuit. We did a small renovation in our house. Our house was built in 1914 and then I think I had a addition done in the 60s or 70s and it when you would walk into a room, you would get stuck there. And there was only one way to go in and one way to go out. Mm -hmm. And we busted through some walls in the living room and the kitchen and such and created a circuit so that she could have a wandering path because sometimes she forgets where she's gone. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't get frustrated by it. She could just go on her circuit and keep on going around and not get stuck and not get upset. And that's been very, very helpful. Kind of have a meandering flow. That's exactly right. And it, it's, it, it, it's benefited the family greatly. It's kind of like when they came out with the sidewalks where they had the curb cuts for wheelchairs. And it actually benefited every person with a little kid in a stroller. So a lot of these things that you think are just for the person that needs help end up benefiting everyone. I can see that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you have a 21-point checklist on how to age in place. That's correct. Your, okay. How can people access this? Um, if they go to lisamcini.com, uh, we can actually, and they sign up, I can send that to them. Okay. All right. Yes, I'm sure that's very helpful. So I invite people to do that, lisamcini.com, and catch up with you for that. I'm sure that's wonderful. So yes. share with us some of your successful projects that you've worked on. Well, um, we did... Uh, done lots all throughout the U.S. and North America and then Canada and Italy and Japan. I think, um, and we've gotten the national awards for design um, and international. I think for us, defining success is when I walk into a home six months later and I see that the residents are using the space, they're happy, the caregivers have an ease of being able to know how to do their work because the space is functional. It's home-like, yet it helps with independence and dignity, and mm -hmm. families feel comfortable there. That's mm -hmm. a huge thing. Families have to feel comfortable coming into these homes. If you don't, you stop coming. Correct. So some of it is just putting games in there for grandkids to play or a bocce court. Uh, we just finished one um, that we have a farm-to-table all the vegetables and herbs are being grown out, and then that's part of the Italian theme and then been made into the actual meals, which I just love. Mm -hmm. What uh, challenges would you say um, people would face in a multi-generational household, and how would you suggest they survive overcoming them? 
<laughs> yeah, well, first of all, the, the, you know, the first thing is, is just know that it's not going to be perfect. And I know I said that before, but I can't say that enough is that, you know, I'm a type A overachiever. Um, and, you know, if you walk in with the idea it's going to be perfect, I think you're, you're just going to be frustrated. Um, one of the largest challenges, I think, and um, had I known now what I knew, you know, then, and that's what the book helps with, uh, the Hive book, is that storage. I didn't realize what a big deal storage was going to be. Mm, and it is. Oh, gosh. And it's so gener- important. Yes. Oh, and it's a generational thing. So my grandma's storage has a different value to her than my storage, than my kids, than my parents. So what is private for my grandmother or maybe even for my parents is not private for me. Uh, my kids don't think anything is private and understanding that on the front end of, Hey, it's not okay for you to get into this stuff or that would have been really helpful or what is important to them. That would have been uh, great to talk about. The other thing is, had I known again now, uh, or then what I know now, I would have color coded everybody's storage. So I would have said, Everybody, you know, mom, you get green, dad, you get blue, grandma, you get pink. And I would have done it with colors so that no matter where we put it, because it might be in the attic, it might be above the garage, it might be down in the basement, you don't have to look on a little label. If you see pink, you know it's yours. And I think that would have helped us immensely. That's the learning curve, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is (laughs) So storage was one of the big things. I think the other thing is um, you have to have great communication, be able to compromise, and finally, a sense of humor. You know, we have had so much fun together. It Mm -hmm. is, um, and some of the things are just ridiculous that if you don't have a sense of humor, you could get in a fight over. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it has been, you know, I remember when we got the chickens and... uh, I found out that my mom and my husband were in cahoots in this and, and my uh, daughter. And I had just taken my son's bedroom and made it into a guest bedroom, kind of nice, because he'd never sleep in there and that. And then the chickens moved in. And I had no idea about it. And instead of, you know, it it getting weird, we sat down around the table and my dad told me a story and my mom about how uh, they had a chicken situation when she thought she was buying frozen chickens and he showed up and they were live and we laughed so hard. And then I found out my grandmother, the one that doesn't live with me now, but the Italian one had actually had 700 chickens. So all those little things, having a sense of humor and being able to compromise and communicate help you to thrive in your hive. Mm -hmm. And be flexible. Uh, I imagine that's a big one too, right? Yes, most definitely. Uh, a very important one that I think is very misunderstood by so many people, and this will be important in the work that you do, is fall prevention. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that it's not avoidable, and oh, most falls are avoidable. Correct. Most falls are avoidable, and uh the Interior Design Association several years ago did a study because everybody um, related a lot of the falls to material choices. You know, is it carpet versus hard surface? Um, is it a step? And there was a couple things that came back that were just shocking. 
And they were that the majority of falls happened from there might be a lot of uh, cords or a pet or magazines and things on the floor. That was one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. Another reason, so if you put your cords up, you make sure that the magazines and the newspapers, after you read them next to your recliner, are not just laid on the floor. Um, They're put away. Um, Pets, you can't, you can do certain things around them, but my grandma just pokes our dog with the cane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the other thing is the um, uh, medication and not being fully awake. So in the middle, if someone's over-medicated or their medication's a little bit off or their blood pressure drops, that's a good uh, indicator that they're going to have trouble. So if you manage the medications better and the sugar level, um, especially of seniors, folks with uh, dementia have a tendency to want to eat more sugar. It's one of the things that they can taste, but then that can very much negatively affect their balance and how they maneuver through a space. Um, so we, we try to reduce that, having proper lighting, and then steadying yourself before you get up in and out of a chair and in and out of bed. And those are all the physical things that you can do. Now, from an interior design standpoint, we do things like having a threshold before you enter the step instead of just all of a sudden a drop. Having contrast on that step so it looks different than the flooring that you're on right then. Doing a handrail with contrast. Having great lighting. Uh, Not having rugs and trip hazards. Uh, when we do have a flooring change, making sure that it's as um, little as possible. And for us, we didn't really do uh, any carpet in the house except for in my grandmother's room. And I made sure it was a very dense, low pile so that it didn't cause her to trip because sometimes your foot can drag uh, and that can allow you to trip. So mm-hmm. the denser the pile, real inexpensive carpet, kind of parts like the Red Sea (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you get down on top of it. And that's a huge tripping hazard. So what is your opinion? A lot of folks feel that, okay, I want carpet on my stairs because in case I fall, I want a soft landing Mm -hmm. versus um, I, the other school of thought is my foot will get caught up on this carpet. Yes. Um, And I have to tell you that, you know, flooring, Uh, to carpet or not carpet in the um, senior living homes, assisted living and independent living and and memory cares is one of the largest debates. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, I kind of throw some of that stuff aside. I feel like what's right for you is right for you. So I do personally um, did not in my home because I didn't feel it was right. Mm -hmm. um, Put carpet on our stairs However, I do have a very, very thin rug carpet that is, uh, uh, I guess what you would call it is a... a, um, Like a runner? Yeah, like a runner, but really, really low pile height. Mm -hmm. Um, And the edges, uh, one of the keys is not having the edges so far away from the step, because a lot of decorators will do this. They'll put it so you can see a lot of the wood. Mm-hmm. between the railing or the wall and the and the runner. Well, that's a place where your foot can get caught mm-hmm. as a senior when you're going up and down, especially holding onto the handrail. Mm-hmm. So 
if you're going to do the runner, take it as close to that edge as possible. And then that makes it like it's one floor. But you really need to have as low a pile height as possible. And then it has to be tacked down extremely well. Um, you know, it, just to make it easy, I would say don't do a, you know, don't do carpet, don't do a runner. Um, I was able to achieve it with a little bit of softness and the runner, but I knew exactly kind of what I was trying to achieve and mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yes, so hopefully it is. I didn't offend anybody on that. No, it is. It's a challenging debate. And I remember studying the cork flooring because it gives and it's a little bit of a cushion versus mm-hmm. tile. When you fall on it, you could break a hip, you could break a knee, you could break a bone. Most definitely. Um, you know, we have and, cork flooring, matter of fact. We have cork mm-hmm. flooring. We have bamboo flooring and wood. Um, and then again, my grandmother has um, some carpet. Um, but I I prefer to avoid tile, and just for what you're saying. Um, when you fall, there is the big debate that did you fall and break a hip, or did you break a hip and then you fell? Mm-hmm. Um, but... If you fall and then go onto a surface, I'd like it to be softer than harder, uh, but I don't want it to cause the fall. So having a cork or a sheet vinyl is much better than a tile because tile is one of the hardest materials. It's much harder than a hardwood. There is certainly no give. No, no give. And then also, you know, as you age in place and and you you might have, especially with males, um, you don't want to be cleaning that grout. Mm-hmm. True, with the upkeep. Mm-hmm. It's one less thing to take care of. What would you recommend for somebody that has a home currently and is listening to the show and the one thing that they could do to make their house more age-in-place compliant that the best thing that they could do? The best thing, the number one, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, aging... I would say they need to upgrade their lighting. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. So when you can see and you have enough light, everything's easier to maneuver through. I would agree. Lighting is so challenging and sight certainly so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it, it's amazing how every scary movie, everything that we have is with the lights off and then automatically when the lights are on the you know boogie monster in the closet's not there mm-hmm. um so a light would be my number one uh thing and then number two i think i would you know make the doorways more accessible and how would you suggest doing that um if you don't need the door for privacy i would just remove it Mm-hmm. yeah i've seen a lot of people do that Okay. All right. Very good stuff. So before I ask you the last question of the show today, what else would you have to add to summarize uh, your work and um, what advice you would have for people? My advice is to uh, understand where you're at and how you want to live and do the research. Um, Get a copy of Hive. Look on the aging websites and really know, do you want to you know, do you really want to go to a community with other folks or do you want to try and do living in your own home or with your family in a multi-generational experiment for as long as possible? Um, 
so often, just like you talked about end of life planning, people don't think about this until they're put into a pressured situation and they didn't even make a decision. And if they start thinking about it now, their choices are endless. They can really craft their future however they want it to look. That's very good advice. And to do so well before the crisis point, you have so many options and you're not doing it under duress. So um, certainly such a good and um, very important advice. Let me ask you, is Hive available on your website? Is it also available on Amazon? It is. It is available on my website and there's a link to it on Amazon, but it's also available straight on Amazon. And uh, it's available in the Kindle version, soft cover, hard copy, copy and then now it just came out and audible so if you like to listen to books on tape okay very good uh please visit her at lisamcini.com correct that's correct okay and uh, you can learn more uh, about the tech side of her work at bestlivingtech.com and uh, just a wonderful plethora of information for certainly how to lead a great quality of life as we all grow older in senior living design, universal design, and um, just making sure that our household works for us. And I do love uh, how we could have multi-generations living together. It's fabulous stuff. So let me ask you this. How does Lisa M. Cini age gratefully? Wow. Um, well, with all the fall uh, that's happening right now, which is my favorite season, it reminds me that we're all in different seasons of our lives. And that we need to meet each other where we're at. And that I'm in, you know, I'm in my fall season, which happens to be my best season for me right now. But um, I'm going to continue every day to love and learn. And I'm going to do it with the people that I love around me. This is how I'm going to age gratefully. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. And uh, I do love fall myself. Well, um, what a pleasure. I'm honored to know you, Lisa, and I'm so delighted to connect. And I know that this information will help so many people that listen to the show uh, and continue to through the podcast. So thank you so much um, for bringing your infinite wisdom and um, allowing us to share your work with listeners. It's been oh, our pleasure. Thank you so much. It has been my honor. And I just hope that we can change one person's lives with this conversation today. I'm positively, um, absolutely sure that, that we can. So thank you again. You've been listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. If you don't yet subscribe, I invite you to do so uh, through iTunes or any other podcast venue of your choosing. This wraps up our show. May each of you age great and live full in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully Mm, Aging gratefully 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.